Hi guys, good morning. Um, Happy New Year, 2024. So I got a... This is not really a caffeine question. This is just talking about the Irish Army Ranger Wing reconstruction. I had a bunch of emails and DMs on Instagram. People were asking me to comment. And I didn't really feel like I'm qualified to comment. I left the Irish Army a very long time ago. But I uh, last night I got Kevin McDonald on the phone and on the Zoom call. And we talked about this for like an hour. And <laughs> it was meant to be a... a a two-person interview, but the audio got jacked up. So I'm just going to revamp what we talked about. Kevin was a senior member of the Army Ranger when I got there. He was a sergeant, and then he left and became an officer, and he spent 35 years in the Irish Army. So he had some good insights and some uh, you know, concerns and all that. So basically, somebody sent me a, a, a link to an article in the Irish Times. Thank you for that. And I did a little research as much as I could to find out what, what they're going to do. And basically what they want to do is restructure the unit completely and break it into three separate units. Um, They're going to change the name, which is fine. And they're going to have three separate soft units under the one command. It's not a bad idea. Change is good. Change can be good. I think the, uh, the Ranger Wing have been stagnating for a very long time due to the peace treaty in Northern Ireland, due to the, the emergency response unit of the, the police being stood up as an armed SWAT team. They had a rocky start, but they seem to be doing pretty good now. And then because of Ireland's neutrality and all that, the unit was kind of, in my opinion, kind of looking for a role, okay? So uh, just to recap, I, I was there for a couple of years in the late 80s and early 90s, right? Went there, you know, did parachuting, be it was a sniper, did a bunch of other stuff and then left in 1992. And then I was out for a couple of years and I joined the American Army in 96. So... Spent 24 years in the, in the American Army, uh, 18 of those in special operations. So I have a both sides of the pond overview of this. Um, and I got Kevin's input on it, Kevin McDonald's input on it. We just had a chat. So it's not negative. It's just uh, there's pros and cons. And the plan seems to be very, very wave tops level with not a lot of kind of ground level thought put into it. It seems like something politicians came up with. But I might be wrong. Just my opinion. So let's look at the plan. The plan is to rebrand the unit from the Army Ranger Wing, ARW, which it's been since 1980, to Soft Ireland, right? Soft-IRL, which is a good idea. I mean, who cares? But Soft is a more internationally recognized name. And ARW, you know, you say that, people don't know what you mean. But, you know, when you go to, like, Grom, Grom is is a special operations unit in, in, in Europe, GSG-9, is the German, you know, Federal Police Special Operations, GIGN, the Group Intervention de Gendarmerie Nationale French, you know. So names aren't that important. But it's good that to make a, a commonly understood name. When I went to sniper school in America, we, it was called SODIC, Special Operations Target Interdiction Course. And people were like, what the hell is that? And they changed the name to Special Forces Sniper Course just because for name recognition. So the name is not a big deal. It is what it is. The plan is to break it into three separate units, right? And beef it up and, and hopefully, you know, you, you can't do this without heavy recruitment and heavy uh, financial backing. But they want a ground unit, a land unit, basically. They want a maritime unit, both of which make a lot of sense. Ireland's, Ireland's an, uh, an island. And for drug interdiction and stuff like that, having a maritime focused unit, it's actually not a bad idea. The ground unit would be ground unit with, with snipers and and. and 
internal security focused kind of you know hostage rescue SWAT unit even though the, the police do that now and then the third one I just don't get and maybe I don't understand it they're supposed to be like Ireland doesn't really have an air force it has an air corps it's called and uh, it's very small but they want to put a unit in the air force that does fast roping and parachuting and that makes absolutely no sense to me it's almost like that they wanted to give the air force something uh, fast roping and parachuting are a ride to work that's all they are. I have, like, if you take me, right, I, I went, I actually did some civilian jumps in Ireland before I jumped in jump school in, in, in the Irish Army. Then I went to Static Line. Static Line's the one where you hook up and you jump out, you know, and it pulls the chute for you. World War II infiltration technique. I did Static Line jump school, and then I did Free Fall in, in the Irish Army in the Ranger Wing, right? And then I went to American Army and spent a couple of years in the infantry, and then I went to Airborne School, Static Line, Right. And then I, I went to soft. It was part of the pipeline for soft. And then I did free fall school, military free fall. And then I did static line jump master school. And I did free fall jump master school. And then I did what's called the advanced tactical infiltration course. It's a very high speed course. A couple of weeks, high altitude, high opening, landing in the desert, navigating, jumping with big bundles and all that kind of crap, right? I actually hated it. But... I have hundreds of jumps and years and years and years of, of experience in parachuting. Never used it once operationally, okay? Even if there's a reason to use it, which is less and less these days. Like we had operational uses for it in Iraq. Big desert. We could jump in, drop the snipes, overwatch a target that that's, you know, runs every time he hears helicopters. But risk-averse commanders wouldn't allow it right it's easier to say no we find another way right so when you take all that having a unit that that focuses on parachuting in an island nation that has no need for it I, I don't get it and fast roping is a basic military skill for special operations that i tell you now the ground unit will have to be able to fast rope the maritime unit will absolutely have to be able to fast rope so having a unit focused around that makes no sense to me. And maybe I just don't understand the structure. But the other two make sense. A land unit and a maritime soft unit. Now, both are going to be under the army, which don't make sense to me either. If you're going to have a maritime soft unit and they're going to be stationed at a naval base in the southern part of Ireland, just put them in the Navy. Put them in the Navy because... If, they, if they're an army unit based at the Navy, working with the Navy, they'll be the red-headed stepchildren, all right? If they are part of naval forces, they will, there's pride of ownership there. They'll get better. They'll get taken care of better. And who cares, right, if they're two separate units? Now, if it's one unit with different structures, it, it's different. But that's what I would do. I would make two units, a land unit and a maritime unit. i put the maritime unit in the Navy. And, um, but the, the cross of training is going to have to be very similar. You take the, the land unit, right? Personally, I don't think either one needs parachute training. I think it's a waste of time, and you're going to get so many injuries, it's just a waste. But like CQB, um, all that stuff, hostage rescue, uh, the land unit and the maritime unit are going to have to be able to do it. Uh, fast roping, uh, snipers, communication skills, medical training, all these skills are going to be intertwined in both units it's not like these are going to turn on this and now you're going to have proficiencies which is which is fine but the, the the training is very similar in the same as the american military green berets and rangers and soft units are, are cross-trained on a lot of different things even within a team i was a weapons guy i was uh, 18 bravo i was trained on medical training and engineer training i was trained in communications i was very very good at it because i had to be okay now 
having specialized units focusing on one thing is not a new concept, right? The opposite is American Special Forces like Green Berets who have to focus on so many freaking things, it's exhausting. And you become a jack of all trades and master of none because you're pulled in 25 different directions. Take free fall, just, just free fall itself. The amount of training you have to do to be proficient, and it's not skydiving like in, in the civilian world. It's freaking jumping big heavy rocks and weapons and night vision gear and oxygen masks and, and it, it, it takes a lot of training. And basically, you work on it for a couple of weeks and get really good and then you put it down and move to something else. Take breaching. Breaching is mechanical breaching, uh, ballistic breaching with shotguns and explosive breaching. I mean, that's three separate branches of one thing. Take reconnaissance. Reconnaissance has 30 different tasks inside it that you have to train on, right? So being oversaturated with tasks is a terrible idea. So focusing in on one. There are units in the world. These reallys are one. There are some of them in, in Jordan and some of the units I've worked with, they have specific unit that does linear targets, right? Linear targets are buses, trains, aircraft, right? That's your focus. That's all you do. Right, they have maritime units. That's what you do. You're, and it's actually a quite a good idea, especially for a small country that's not really going around the world, sticking their nose in other people's business. Right. So that's my two cents. The the problem is recruiting. Right. The Irish Army is having a recruiting crisis right now. So how do you pull so that the the population of Ireland, for people who don't know, is about five million, about five million plus. Um, the strength of the Irish military total is about nine thousand. Right. Very small country. Very small military. And now some of these numbers I looked up this morning, the budget is like $1.2 or something like that, which is not a lot of money when it comes to military. Now, how do you recruit enough people to put asses in seats and put enough operators there right now? When I was in the Ranger Wing, we needed like, I think our strength was two platoons, right? We never had more than one. We never, ever, ever got the full strength. So when you're under strength, you put more tasking and more uh, stress and, and work on the guys who are already there. And they have families and they need time off and all that kind of thing, right? So how, if you're going to split it into three units, let's just say bare minimum, each unit is a platoon, 30 people. Um, and then in the article I read, they were trying to get enablers, right? Which is smart, which is support people, right? Um, and generally, a, a kind of standard across the board is three to one. For every special operations operator, door kicker, you have like three support people, right? And that's what it takes to, to actually do the job properly. And we never had that in the range wing when I was there. We basically did everything. So now you're going to recruit 30 door kickers, right? 30 and 30. And then you're going to take 60 freaking enablers or 60, 90 enablers, you just don't have the pool of people to pull from. I think what's going on, I think part of the reason they want to do this is to fix the recruiting problem. Because if you, when you do recruiting videos, you don't really show the guy, you know, mopping the floor and, and making his bed, right? You show the guy fast roping a parachute and doing all the cool stuff. That if you, if you pull them in, and this is, the Navy actually gets a lot of recruits who want to be SEALs. They come in from the street, they say, I want to be a SEAL. They go to fucking SEAL training, they fail, and they go needs of the Navy. So the Navy goes wherever you want. Same thing with the ATN X-ray program and special operations. You come in, you go to basic training, advanced infantry training, then you go to airborne school, and then you go to selection. And if you fail, you go away, usually for a year, but you generally can come back. And a lot of times you'll go to the 82nd Airborne because you're already in Fort Bragg. They're right there. You'll go to some sort of airborne infantry unit, right? But in the Navy, you can go anywhere. And I, I think that's part of the reason maybe, and maybe I'm overthinking it, but if you put out all these high-speed videos of all these things you can do uh, to attract a lot of young people in, 
Uh, you know, the median age actually in Ireland is 38, which I was surprised at. That's young. Um, looked at that this morning. The uh, You pull all these young people in, excited about this new career and this special operations thing, and then they fail, they go need to the army, or then they go anywhere they want. I think that's part of it. The problem is, if you take the unit as it is, let's say there's at the most 60 people there, and you're going to split them up into three locations. Now, the locations, one's at the very southern tip of Ireland. That's the naval base. That's the right place for a maritime unit. And then one's in a Curra camp where I was stationed. It's kind of middle of the country. And then one is in Baldonald in the Air, Air Corps place, which is like 20 miles away. Having a, a unit 20 miles from another unit makes no sense to me either. But if you're going to split people up, now you've got you to take that current unit, you've got to split it into three, and you've got to move families, and you've got to move people to another part of the country. Then you're gonna, you're gonna, they're gonna run all the selections for. All, is there gonna be one central selection, or is it all gonna be different? And I think if you're really trying to beef up units, then you're gonna start dropping standards uh, in selection. I think it's a very normal thing. Now, I would take a hard look at the standards that you already have because some of them may be unnecessary. I, I sometimes, and I know it's changed now. It's been a very long time since I went there, but we broke a lot of people when I went to selection just through sheer you know, running with rucksacks and doing crazy stuff. There are ways to find the right people without breaking, you know, half the, the candidates, right? So I'd, I'd look at the, the selection and then I would select people based on what you think they're going to do, based on what the, what the Ranger Wing or soft unit's mission is going to be. Like I said, you have an emergency response unit in the police now, which is an armed response unit. But if you take a look at the, the other European countries and the problems they're having, like Sweden and places like that, because of the European open border policy, they're coming to you. You're an island nation, but they're coming to you. They're probably already there. I think that's going to be something that's going to have to get dealt with. Now, whether soldiers are the right people to deal with that or they should be policed, and that, that's that's up there for grabs. But I think you build your selection for this based on the candidates you want. If you're working intelligence stuff and you're working undercover, low-vis stuff, then do I care that you can carry a freaking log all day, you know? Um, you're looking for intelligent operators, uh, professionals. That's one. Finance is the other one. You're going to have to throw some money at this. And money doesn't solve everything, but it damn sure helps. You need good gear, you need good equipment, and you need good people. And to get good people, you have to pay them properly. If I'm busting my ass and working 80 hours a week and barely can make my mortgage or can't afford to buy a house, then I'm going to go look for a better job. And that, that's what has happened in the Ranger Wing for a very long time. If you're not paying me, then I'm going to have to walk away. It's not why I left, per se, but I remember I made corporal, which is the equivalent of a staff sergeant in the American Army, right? So I went to the Ranger Wing as a private and then after 18 months, I became a corporal. I jumped into a higher tax bracket and came out with less money in my, in my, in my check, which is ridiculous, right? So you're going to have to pay people properly. You want the best. You, know, you pay peanuts, you get monkeys, right? That's just the way it is. And then the last thing is chain of command. If you're building this whole soft unit, who's going to be in the chain of command? Are the officers running it going to be soft, qualified officers? Now, do they need to be? Not necessarily. In my opinion, one of I've said this before, but probably the worst officer I've ever had in my whole career was my company commander at a soft unit when I was a team sergeant. He was awful. He was a terrible person. So a good officer is a good officer. But there's a certain mindset in soft. And it's not a mindset of, oh, we have beards and we're cool guys and, we're so, and we can do whatever we want. It's not. It's highly disciplined professionals who understand 
how to manipulate the system, break the rules, bend the rules to get mission accomplishment without being criminals, right? It's a very weird mindset, but you're looking for solid professionals who do the right thing. And there's a mindset in the Irish Army that doesn't lead to that. It's, it's very, very slim, right? So who's going to be the lieutenant colonel in charge of all this? And who's going to be the commanders of each unit? And how are you going to fill those roles? Because officers run a lot of shit in Ireland. It's, it's a throwback from the British Army. It's less so in the American military, but officers are very heavily involved in the day-to-day -day process, right? So those are my questions. Those are my concerns. Again, it's not a bad thing. I, I think change can be good. But do it right. Do it the right way. And don't half-ass it. You're just going to break a really good unit. And uh, you'll be left with, with less than you started with. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. I just thought I'd throw it out there because people have been asking me. And uh, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't. Put your comments down below. I'd love to hear from some guys who are currently in the Irish Army and are in the Range Wing. And just throw a comment in there and, and uh, let me know what you think. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye.